Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. On May 16, 1868, Andrew Johnson survives removal from office by a single vote. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The peace seemed to be collapsing. In the wake of what Abraham Lincoln had called the fiery trial of the Civil War, many believed the nation was ready to fight again. We are to have another war, Tennessee Governor William G. Brownlow predicted in the summer of 1866. White men alone must manage the South, Johnson remarked in 1865. Two years later, in 1867, the president asserted that black people were incapable of self-government. No independent government of any form has ever been successful in their hands, Johnson wrote in his annual message. It was, the historian Eric Foner observed, probably the most blatantly racist pronouncement ever to appear in an official state paper of an American president. The presidency, which under Abraham Lincoln had been a tool of transformation, had become, under Andrew Johnson, a force of reaction. It's reassuring to note, however, that even the most obtuse chief executive can be formidable without being indomitable. The Civil Rights Act of 1866 and Reconstruction legislation in 1867 that created military districts in the South and guaranteed black suffrage were passed over Johnson's veto. The president also unsuccessfully opposed the 14th Amendment, which granted citizenship to the formerly enslaved and guaranteed, at least on paper, equal protection. The amendment established the principle of birthright citizenship, overturning the pre-war Dred Scott precedent and making black people citizens, and, with its equal protection clause, put the idea of equality into the Constitution for the first time, making the federal government, not the states, the protector of Americans' liberties. Johnson's impeachment illustrates that the process of removing a president from office is as much, if not more, political in nature as it is legal. Republicans held overwhelming majorities in both chambers throughout Johnson's term, a six-fold margin in the Senate, and almost a four-fold margin in the House. There were no fewer than four separate efforts to remove Andrew Johnson from office in the nearly four years he served as president. The first, from December 1866 to June 1867, was begun by Representative James Ashley, Republican of Ohio, and failed in the House Judiciary Committee. It mainly concerned unproven charges that Johnson had been involved in the Lincoln assassination. The second focused, as did all the rest, on the removal of Secretary of War Edwin Stanton and other federal officers, but was defeated on the floor of the House. The third also died in committee. It was only the fourth, which unfolded from February 21st until this day, May 16, 1868, when Johnson won a key vote in the Senate that meant he would survive in office. The president and his team were hard at work. 
Edmund Cooper, a Tennessee ally, as well as political allies known as the Astor House Group, and a collection of businessmen called the Whiskey Ring, all trafficked in cash, patronage, and other favors to try to win votes for Johnson. The trial alternated between noble rhetoric on the floor and backroom deals. It was a remarkable mix of high politics and low dealings. Andrew Johnson was no friend of what his predecessor had called the better angels of our nature. Should he therefore have been impeached and removed from office? The verdict in his own time was no. The decision to push him from the presidential chair should, Congress decided, lie with the voters rather than with lawmakers. This country is going to the devil, Thaddeus Stevens grumbled when Johnson was acquitted. Perhaps. But such was the tragic nature of life in a fallen world. A world which will never be perfect, but which staggers forward. Its ultimate fate in the hands, not of the few, but of the many. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge and Chris Basil. Production assistance and operations by Paige Heimson, Andy Jaskowitz, Adam Macias, and Kelly Rafferty. Research assistance by Sarah Jean Caver. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. Be kind to your mind with guided meditations from the Meditation for Women podcast. Your mental health benefits from sleeping better, releasing anxiety, and gaining clarity, all of which are benefits of meditation. And since this is Mental Health Awareness Month, give yourself the gift of meditations. All you have to do is press play and close your eyes. Listen to Meditation for Women on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.